Lamaz International is a global community committed to supporting families from pregnancy to parenthood. This podcast is an extension of our passion, which has been to not only educate, but also journey alongside families for over 60 years. Lamaz is more than breathing. Our six healthy birth practices and evidence-based education are the foundation for a safe and healthy pregnancy, birth, and postpartum experience. Let's get started. My name is Robin Gibson Douthit, and I am your host for today's podcast. I am a Lamaze childbirth educator, doula, and lactation counselor living and working in the heart of New York City. Today's podcast is the beginning of a series of episodes I've titled Childbirth Luminaries. A luminary is defined as a body that gives light to all who are around them. And I am honored and excited to be able to share these strong, intelligent, and beautiful bodies of light and their stories with you all in this episode and in those ahead. Today, I'm chatting with Krista Tarantino. Krista is a registered nurse, postpartum wellness provider, international board certified lactation consultant, and founder of Earth Milk Moon. Krista spent 10 years working as a registered nurse in hospitals in California, caring for birthing and postpartum families. And Earth Milk Moon was created from her witnessing the direct impact of the lack of support for families following birth, along with the ripple effect that it has on children and our communities at large. Earth Milk Moon is a holistic postpartum care service consisting of Krista, and her team of highly qualified doulas, nurses, and postpartum care specialists, together nurturing and guiding parents through the complexities of the birth and postpartum experience. Welcome, Krista. Hi, Robin. Such an honor to be here with you today. Oh my Thank gosh, I'm, I'm so excited you're here too. What's the weather like out in California? I was going to say, what's the weather like out in sunny California, but I don't know if it's sunny there or not. It's sunny today. It's sunny on the central coast. I'm grateful to see the sun. We had a amazingly wet winter this year. So we heard feels like we're emerging um, through spring and into summer now. You're having a real spring. That's lovely. Yes. The flowers <laughs> are exploding and yeah, lots of super blooms happening here. Where are you exactly? So I'm, um, um, in, in Monterey Bay in Carmel, California. And then I, yeah, I also am in Santa Barbara mm. a lot. So really like I cover the span of the central coast. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Mm. And so let's, let's talk about earth milk moon and what earth milk moon is and how you were inspired to create it. So I, like you said, was a nurse for 10 years in the hospital system. I worked in three different hospitals in California, and it was probably about a year into my nursing career working in the postpartum and labor and delivery units. Um, I was shocked by what we didn't provide to families after they left the hospital. Mm. I was thinking that I would continue to learn the um, other support that is available to families when they went home. And when I realized that we just sent them home with a Perry bottle and a, some spray, um, it just didn't feel right intuitively. And I was working with migrant families Um 70% of them were, and I was witnessing the, the family um, connection that they had, but then they went home and they really didn't have any kind of system support 
outside of their family unit. And some people were, were delivering babies alone and then going home alone. And so it got me looking into what other cultures do for mothers in the postpartum time and families. Um, because I just felt intuitively, this can't be, this can't be right. It doesn't feel right. Mothers need more. And I started taking classes from midwives and um, doulas and herbalists and people really all over the world and reading books and educating myself on how we've gotten to this place. Yeah, it was really being an RN in the U.S. hospital system. And also now at home with families after birth, and I've witnessed the direct impact that has been made on mothers and children and families from the lack of support our culture provides and how the dysfunction of our culture and medical system has been normalized. Um, and the disregard for new parents and mothers and the impact it has on babies and our communities. So Earth Milk Moon was created from, from witnessing a gap in care. And I have a love for humanity and babies and mothers and for our the health of our planet um, and the health of our planet. It inspired me to create Earth Milk Moon as a way to address this deeply important and impactful time period. Um, and I created a holistic postpartum care service and started seeing families in the home and virtually um, and helping guide them through this massive transition, this vulnerable, vulnerable time. Do you start seeing them? I'm, I'm just curious. Do you do you see them only postpartum or do you visit before baby's born? And because you, you said something earlier that was so um, powerful that people are coming in and birthing alone. And we know that was happening um, quite a bit at the beginning of the pandemic three years ago and how shattering it was to to birthing people and families. But you're saying that this was happening quite often where you are working in the hospitals you've worked and in California, quite frequently you were seeing that. Yeah, so I was working in, I worked in a couple county hospitals in California that were near the agricultural areas. So in Salinas, California and in Ventura, California, there are a lot of migrant workers who are, who are harvesting the, our vegetables and, and fruit in the United States. And so a lot of mothers, they move with the, the crops. So there were times when mothers would be, would be left while everyone else moved on to the next uh, town to wow. harvest vegetables. And so, um, yeah. And then oftentimes people would come from Mexico to work and they would be helping financially assist their family in Mexico. And so they would be here and they would birth their babies here while they were working. So, um, I learned so much from them, even though Oftentimes we didn't speak the same language. It was very impactful for my early nursing career. And um, it it actually inspired me to start a nonprofit alongside Earth Milk Moon called Solar Road Foundation. And it's to help provide access to postpartum wellness care for families who can't uh, afford, financially afford it. That's amazing. And it's so, so necessary. I'm actually going to be giving the information about the Solar Road Foundation um, at the end of our, our chat. Um, mm -hmm. I think what, what where we're talking about the definition of can be, I think, brought together into one word called matrescence, and really looking at the birthing person um, in a holistic way 
them not just when they walk through the hospital or birthing center or they're preparing to birth at home because not everybody births in a in a hospital most do but but people who choose to birth at home it's a different experience and so there's this definite period of of I can only describe it as a need for preparation and not just physical preparation, but um, spiritual and and emotional and mental, getting ready for the baby and getting ready for the work of bringing the baby into the world. And then the postpartum and the postpartum experience and um, the process of becoming a mother that is the the definition as I understand it for matrescence. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and why the process uh, or the transition from pregnancy to birth to postpartum doesn't often go smoothly? I know you just mentioned um, some of the barriers that were are in unfortunately in the way of really good care um, with um, population, the population of migrant farm workers that you were, were just conversing about. But as as a whole, what are some of the things, what are some of the barriers that you see when people are were, were walking through the hospitals where you were working that were getting in the way of that, that, that blossoming into um, motherhood, into parenthood? Yeah. Yeah, this is a very... Um, multi-layered crisis. And I truly do think it is a crisis. Um, and I think it comes down to our disconnect from thriving life. And what I mean by that is we live in a capitalist society and a culture that centers productivity over wellness, over family wellness, and over people taking time to nurture themselves and nurture life. Um, and we are the yes. only industrialized country without paid family leave. And mm. mothers are not seen for their work in our culture. Um, parenting truly is the most important and impactful job in the world. Mm. And if we want to have a healthy country and a healthy planet and healthy humans, we need to mothers to be healthy. Mm. Um, mm. And in most states in the U.S., there isn't paid leave for mothers to rest and heal fully, and they return to work still bleeding um, and having to make hard decisions on how they're going to feed their baby and find affordable and qualified people to watch their infants while they're working to put food on the table, right? And this is being reflected in our maternal mental health crisis. Um, and in traditional cultures, mothers raising children were centered with the knowledge that if mothers are thriving, children thrive. And if children thrive, the community thrives. And if our community thrives, the planet thrives. Um, and part of centering mothers meant that essential postpartum support included the family and community around the mother would tend to things around the home. And so mother could rest for a prolonged period of time and she would be served nourishing warm food and teas that allowed her, her cells to regenerate and her body to heal after birth. So she would produce nourishing milk for her baby, right? And these cultures knew that tending to mothers in the early postpartum time would prevent lifelong health issues. And a lot of people say that you can't prepare for this time. I hear a lot of people say nothing could have prepared me for postpartum, but hmm. I really do believe that despite our, despite the barriers that we have, I believe that a joyful, nourishing, healing postpartum period is possible. And it starts with preparation and education and connecting to community community is foundational for postpartum wellness and something that people can do while they're pregnant 
before they have baby is connect to the community around them, find other parents and mothers and support groups. Um, many of them are free and, and watch, watch other mothers feeding their infants because we learn by watching one another. And if we aren't around people feeding infants, we are not going to know how to feed our infant. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, that resonates with me so strongly. That's how I became successful in feeding my, my babies by watching other women feed their babies and actually show me. I remember at a La Leche meeting um, 23 years ago when I first had my daughter Zoe um, getting on the floor in the meeting center and saying, here, this is how you do it. And she just got down on this floor <laughs> that everybody had probably walked on and, and she lifted up her shirt and she put her baby to her breast and she just started you know, and this, and you put your arm like that. And I, I was just so, I was, I remember sitting there thinking, where have you all been all my life? And I still have a important relationship with, um, there's one person in the group that I met that I still I'm very close to and work with to to this day. And you're right. Community is so important. And people are not meant to birth alone. I mean, historically, that's how that's not how it was. There were midwives and family members and children were around. And it was a it was a big event that involved an entire village or a family would come. And if they had to travel a little bit, they, they did that however way to get there walking or buggy, or I, I remember um, hearing stories about my grandmother birthing my mother in the South and how you just, you can't do that work alone. And it, you're right. It's very, really interesting how in this day and age where we're not emphasizing that in our care, at least um, the traditional, what you might call um, contemporary traditional care now, which is with an obstetrician in a hospital. And you're, um, it's a different kind of care away from very, very different than, than midwifery care. But also in terms of community, whether you're birthing with a midwife or an obstetrician, our, our culture is very much, very much like... Um, that's not really important. And, and, you know, it's, it's not, not, it's not honored, I think is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think it would be helpful if more providers and more, more people in general, more birthing people, but if providers understood the process of matrescence that you brought up earlier um, and matrescence is the, it, it's a, a term coined by a medical anthropologist, um, Dana Raphael, and it describes the physical, psychological, hormonal, emotional, social, spiritual changes that a person experiences on their journey through motherhood. And it's a biologically normal process that involves enormous change and growth in every way, um, including neurologically, like there's brain changes and neuropath new neuropathways being created. And there's really um the, the beginning and the end are very blurry and it depends on on the person. But um some of these changes start when people decide they want to become a mother or want to become a parent. And sometimes it starts for people after they become pregnant or they accept that they are pregnant and there's really no end. Um, so some cultures say that postpartum is three years, some say seven years, some say forever. Um, and in our culture, it seems that six weeks is... You get six weeks and at the end of that time, you're supposed to be better and healthy and back to your old self. And it's just, it's not true. It's not true. It's only the beginning. And so if people understood these massive changes, it's similar to adolescence in that way, all of these different changes, then they could, then they wouldn't feel so pressured from our culture to bounce back mm. um, and to feel normal because they're, 
that is not possible. Mm-hmm. Like your, your brain is literally changing to meet the demands mm-hmm. of motherhood. Yes. So I, I believe what we're talking about is the sacredness of the postpartum period and even the period before when, uh, not just postpartum, because there's so much that comes before that, right? And as you were saying, people focus on the baby and, you know, before baby comes, what kind of carrier am I going to have? What kind of diapers, paper or cloth are we going to get? the newest stroller um, bottles? What kind of bottles do we use? Do I get a pump? Do I, and then, yeah, when when birth happens, we're sort of not prepared for it or not as prepared as we should be, which is why education is so important and awareness. And, and one of the reasons why I became a, an educator, a Lamaze childbirth educator, because it can really make a difference in preparing someone and walking them through matrescence and and actually alerting them gently to the fact that this is what's actually happening that it's not just oh, I'm going to have a baby and then I'm going to have the baby and then I'm just gonna dive right into parenthood but everything all the little things that and and the important things that come with that and preparing that and one of the things I share when I'm teaching is that um so much of of childbirth and preparation is is in your head and your heart and if you're not prepared for it in that way then your body is going to have a hard time um going through the process and so there 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 will be um maybe um doubts about whether or not um they can have a really great birthing experience and then maybe that would trickle into doubts about whether or not they're going to be able to be good parents. And, you know, all of, all of that can be missed when it's not, when there, when there isn't a pause, I think, to acknowledge and honor the sacredness of the postpartum period, the sacredness in childbirth and, and the sacredness in preparing for it. I think that's why our bodies naturally nest, right? You know, that that period of time before labor where we're getting ready and we're feeling, you know, oh, we have to get this and and sort of, you know, revving up for for what's to come in a really gentle way. But I know you offer this really amazing course called the Innate Postpartum Preparation Course. And I'd love it if you could share about that and how that that helps to. Uh, awaken in people who may otherwise just be coming and thinking, yeah, I'm just going to come and learn about, learn about the postpartum period and what I need to do and what I need to buy and what I need to have. And, and then it's so much more than that. I'd love it if you would talk about that and also talk about some of the responses. Cause I can imagine like sometimes in my classes, people come in and they think they're just going to get like a checkoff list of what's going to happen to them. And then it becomes this conversation about not just uh, education, but advocacy. So do you, I, I'd love to hear about your course and, and what what you share and talk about, and also what some of the, the responses have been, uh, whether or not that it actually catches people by surprise who think, oh, I didn't know I was gonna get all of this amazing information about pausing and, and honoring. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the innate postpartum course is really like a planning for the fourth trimester and it's a five-week course and the fifth class we meet after everybody is about six weeks postpartum which is really special and we share cacao together and and share birth stories but the first four weeks are birthing people and their partners or support people there with them and we're learning the whys behind all of the essentials to postpartum healing. And why do you need nourishing food? And why do you need to rest? And why do you need loving touch? And when when partners and the birthing per- person learns the whys behind them, they understand the importance of honoring those and then they can prepare their nest and their homes and their communities and their freezers and their you know they can prepare for 
this transition. And we, we talk about how we've gotten to this point where we overlook the postpartum period, right? And birth, birth is a very, very an, an important thing to prepare for because it has a huge impact on the postpartum period and the rest of their life. And it's, it truly birth is a rite of passage preparing you for the rest of things. And it, it cracks you open Mm. emotionally, physically, spiritually. And, um, it's a very vulnerable and yet so primally protective time. It's a very primally protective time. We're protecting our babies and protecting ourselves. Um, so we remember everything that's said to us and everything that's done to us during birth and in the early postpartum period. Yes. And I've had people, um, I run into clients I've had, um, in the hospital. I run into them at the grocery store years later and they're like, I remember you, you were my nurse and you helped me. And I don't necessarily remember them all the time, but they remembered my name. They remember everything that I said to them. Um, and this is true with, with people who have good or bad experiences. And so it's really important for us to know that this is going to, we're going to be so vulnerable and we need to make sure that our team around us and our community around us is gentle and loving and caring and, um, and, and just are able to hold us right through the ups and downs of this time. And in the early postpartum time, I experience this often is that sometimes old wounds and childhood traumas will seep up through these cracks. Um, and this is when mothers and parents will oftentimes feel the lack of support and acknowledgement, um, that our culture has for them. And what this does though, is creates a huge opportunity for healing. And this is where the sacredness to me comes in. Um, and if we have gentle, loving, nurturing support around us. Um, it will help us navigate and be still in the mysterious, messy, complex, beautiful vortex that is postpartum. Yes. And unfortunately, you know, it can lead to trauma if we don't have that or have the right people around us. And so the support team is hugely impactful. And I think it's so beautiful that you are with people, educating people in the postpartum time. Like the prenatal education is so helpful for preparing for for birth and postpartum. Um, yeah, it's often, yeah. it's a culture thing, right? Our country, you mentioned earlier, we're so capitalist based that it's more about um, buying things and that will ensure what kind of birthing experience and what kind of early parent if I have the right bottles like I was talking about before it's not we, we're not pausing to talk about the emotions and the the honoring of the experience of birth and and having people around us who will encourage us and help us to do that right by 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 um supporting us in all the ways that we we need and want and having those conversations. One of the things that I talk about quite heavily in childbirth club, childbirth preparation, because it, it's prep, preparing them hopefully to have a positive experience. And it's not even about, we want to get you to a, a, a vaginal birth without medication. That's, that's, that's not it at all. It's whatever happens during your your birthing experience for you to be a part of the the decision making process and to collaborate with your caregivers and to know that you can so that if you have uh, a, a birth that required every major intervention possible you can still look back and see the the honor and the 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 sacredness in that experience because you were heard like you said you remember everything after 
after labor and and during postpartum in those early hours and those early days. I do, and and I birthed um, my son Bill ooh, 32 years ago. I remember what happened um, leading up to labor while I was in labor, postpartum, how I was on one floor and he was on another because he was born with a fever and I wanted to breastfeed and I didn't know how I didn't I didn't have any information about how to do that and I remember asking where the NICU was and the nurse just said oh it's downstairs so you have to get downstairs and I I asked for a wheelchair and she said oh no you don't need one and I I ended up walking really slowly because I again just had just given birth and I walked into the NICU and saw a nurse giving Bill a bottle. And I said, oh, I, I'm planning to breastfeed. And I, I'll never forget. She looked at me very sternly and said, well, then you needed to get here earlier. Like, I don't know your schedule. I remember that specifically. And I was stunned and like, oh, you know, I know I'm just, I'm trying to figure out all of this and my you know, I'm going to be leaving tomorrow and he's going to be staying. And it was all the trauma of that, which I didn't, by the way, didn't realize was trauma until years later. Like that was kind of hard to do. And, um, you know, it's, it's amazing that he turned out as, as beautiful as he did. I mean, he's just an amazing human being just as has always been. Um, but that separation was, was very, very, scary and tense and I was frightened and afraid to leave him and then getting chastised and so I I, I missed that and I think that's why I, I talk about the sacredness and in, in birth and prenatally and postpartum to um, have other people start thinking about it start thinking about it as soon as they can knowing that it's never too late to start uh, preparing themselves spiritually for this really uh, this really amazing, powerful thing that's about to happen. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that part of your story, Robin. It's unfortunately that separation is something that I feel um, from the stories that I've heard and that mothers share with me, the separation from your infant is one of the most profound reasons for trauma and your cells remember it. Your bones remember that. And that nurse doesn't remember saying that to you, you know? And so that part, our early postpartum experience needs to be protected so fiercely. And sometimes it's not us that sometimes we won't have the power to do it ourselves in those moments. So having a doula or a or, or providers, you know, that you trust to be with you is very impactful, very beyond. Um, but yeah, though, that early separation is, is really hard. Um, and the, our, our feeding journeys with our infants are extremely emotional and it's tied to every part of our being and our primal instincts to want to feed our babies. Um, so when we feel stripped and disempowered from that process, it has a deep impact on us. And so that early, those early hours, those early weeks and those early months are need to be fiercely protective. Um, it's truly like I, I, I envision the postpartum, the early postpartum time really from birth through the first few months as like a sanctuary. It is like this beautiful ceremony that's being conducted and anybody that is invited into these spaces needs to be quiet and gentle and speak kindly to mothers. Like this is, this is a ceremony and we are lucky to be invited into these spaces and I, I think um, education for providers is something I'm really passionate about. And I actually started a course for nurses and, and healthcare providers who want to care for families in 
the early postpartum time um, because we need to, to know more about matrescence and we need to know more about, about um, the sacredness of this time and the neurological transition that is that it is um, and that's happening to mothers. So we approach these spaces with reverence and that we understand that we need to regulate our own nervous systems so we can help mothers regulate her nervous system because babies co-regulate off of mother's nervous system, right? Yes. Yes. So whoever is being invited into these spaces with mothers needs to have a regulated nervous system and it will have that ripple effect. Yes, because we can bring our our own junk into someone else's experience, right? Which is what I see uh, quite a bit whenever I'm attending a birth as a doula um, and to maybe make that that possibility uh, become an awareness and with the people who are who we're, we're sharing this information with, they can kind of maybe avoid it as, as much as possible, you know, for, for as much as their, their support people are, if, especially if it's family. I mean, I think we know family can just be difficult. <laughs> Whereas inviting a, a doula in there, they're more, I think, geared to want to please and support the birthing person in the way the birthing person deserves. I, I love the fact that you're offering this course for clinicians. That that's amazing uh, that that nurses are taking this this course and and you're offering it um, to those people who are are on the front lines and doing the actual um, physical care, medical care of of birthing people. Um, what kind of reception have you gotten from the the class? Is or I can imagine it's an eye opener, and people probably are walking out just with their minds blown. What 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 are you seeing? That is what I'm witnessing. I'm witnessing a lot of a lot of interest and a lot of need for this. There is um, more interest than I even expected. At first, um, it's something that I wish I had when I was transitioning out of the hospital to doing in-home postpartum care. It's something that I wish I had uh, learned in nursing school or learned when I was working with mothers on in the postpartum and labor and delivery units. Um, and what I'm experiencing in this course is healing taking place. I'm experiencing nurses sharing stories that we've held inside of ourselves for a long time and getting them out of our bodies and we're healing together um, and learning how to regulate and heal our nervous systems so we can better and deeply care for postpartum families and really do it in a way that feels right for us. Like, right? Because nurses, many nurses and healthcare providers are healers. But when in the constraints of the, our medical system and policies and procedures, which I understand, right? I, I worked in hospital. I understand they are necessary for the mass amount of people that, that are coming through there. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes it confines us as healers. And so to be allowed to be our full selves and show up in a creative way as a healer um, can be really um, really helpful for people awesome. and mind-blowing and life-changing. I bet planting those seeds, right? That's what we're doing. Yeah. by little patient by patient, student by student, just making them aware of these important, important experiences and how all of it needs to be honored. I, I talk, I mentioned earlier about the importance of asking questions of our, our caregivers. And I find, um, and I wanted to talk to you about this a, a little bit um, as an IBCLC, uh, 
which is International Board Certified Lactation Consultant for our listeners, you're coming in to a, a person's experience where they've just given birth. They're wanting very much to feed their babies from their bodies, and they don't know exactly how to do that, but have gotten the message maybe that, oh, you just put baby to the breast and and they know what to do and, and it'll be great. But it's not often unfolding in that way. So then the postpartum period begins to transform into, if it wasn't already a traumatic birthing experience, then there's stress from, okay, now is my body going to be able to make enough um, nourishing food for my baby and can I do this and and you know the the voices in our our heads and our hearts if we're not getting good information or good support to to the contrary that yes we we can and this is how we're going to work on it to to make this happen for you are you finding um challenges in breastfeeding are more common with people who've had traumatic birth or just across the board? Are you seeing a lot of um, difficulty and um, just challenges with people wanting to breastfeed and maybe having having a, a hard time of it for one reason or another? Yes, uh, people who have had traumatic births or challenging births, um, and people who have been separated from their babies after birth have um, a more challenging early breastfeeding journey. And there's research actually that states that as well. Um, so that early um, initiation of skin to skin right after birth is so helpful for the lactation process. So for mother's hormones, for baby's hormones, for baby's reflexes to integrate. Um, and even when, even if it's a surgical birth um, that's unexpected, if babies place skin to skin right after, even like in the OR while mom is being sewn up, that can have a huge impact on her milk supply and on her stress levels and on baby being able to adapt to this world outside of the womb. I, I always tell people in my breastfeeding classes, I think that leaving our mother's womb is probably the hardest, most intense thing that we ever experience yes. in life. Yes. Oh my gosh. I say the same thing. Yeah. That's hard. It's hard work that that little one's doing. Being a baby is hard and we need to remember like they are very um, fully instinctual, right? They are so intact to their instincts and haven't been programmed programmed by society or told not to do this or not to do that. So babies know how to do to breastfeed oftentimes. If they are left uninterrupted skin to skin with mother. Okay, so when we intervene on these natural processes in any way, it is going to have um, a ripple effect. And so when we um, experience birth trauma or separation of mom and baby right after birth, it's going to impact the hormones. And when mom has more cortisol in her body, more of the stress hormone in her body, it impacts oxytocin, which is our magical hormone that releases milk, that helps mom bond with baby, that helps baby bond with mom. And so if we can protect this oxytocin bubble immediately after birth um, and keep baby there until after mom's milk comes in and after baby figures out latching, which can take weeks, right? This is a dance that mom and baby have never done before. And it takes practicing 10 to 12 times a day for two weeks and then you get the first steps down yes yes absolutely and it's so so easily interrupted um, in a clinical setting I would love it if you could or if you are I don't know if you have plans to do this but taking this course and bringing it to a hospital for a training has there is there a plan or and I a, a 
an idea or a hope to do that so that all everyone can hear, not just those who who choose to sign up for your 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 course. Yes, that is my vision to bring it into the hospitals and come full, full circle. And I would love to do that. Awesome. That's awesome. And then you you work with people in their homes. I think I I, I might have mentioned that before, who are having breastfeeding um needs and support and and also postpartum you bring that that sacred uh, um, honoring of of that period into you're not just saying you weren't just at one point when you were working in the hospital as a postpartum doula you were also seeing patients seeing clients I, I imagine they're called clients when you're when not in the hospital I'm not sure if that's that's right or not but patients clients you were seeing them when you were um, when they were after they were discharged you would visit their homes those who chose to have additional support from you and and can you talk a little bit about um, what you saw as the most immediate needs for your postpartum clients when you would step into their homes what 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 was the thing that stood out to you the most that made you say hmm we need to talk about this that would sort that would that would help to support the the sacredness of of the postpartum experience yeah i um i started seeing mothers and working with families a little bit while I was working in the hospital, then transitioned to full two years ago, fully doing in-home postpartum wellness care um, and in-home lactation consulting and, and virtual as well. But I um I found that mothers need to be nourished. <laughs> like yes. really this this is essential. Like mothers need nourishing warm food after birth. Mm. And when our cells are hungry and aren't getting the nutrients that they need, especially after birth, we are not going to navigate the world the same way. We are going to feel anxious, right? And depressed and um, irritable, right? And it's going to be much harder um, for our bodies to um we're going to feel depleted. So being nourished um, and having warm nutrient dense food is an essential for postpartum healing. Um, and then resting, resting is something that traditional cultures all over the world have put in place for postpartum mothers. And they know that mothers need to rest for an extended amount of time um, to fully heal postpartum. It's not just because they're healing from birth. It's because they know that they're healing in order to prevent long-term health issues. Right. Right. And so with myself and my team, when we work with mothers and families in the home, we have an understanding that this, this rest and nurturing mothers and feeding mothers now is going to is going to keep them well for a lifetime and not just now. So I like to say that we, that I hug mothers still and love them through the complex, messy, beautiful vortex that is postpartum. And we sit next to mothers in bed and listen to all the things that come up around their birth story and beyond. And we really mother the mother so that she can rest and fully heal from birth and be nurtured and nourished so she can nurture and nourish her baby. You're bringing support and emotional nourishment because that's what that all sounds like to me. It's not just you're, you're bringing really, of course, the, the nourishment from the delicious meals you're making and preparing, but also they're being nourished um, emotionally and and also informationally with the you know information about what's going on in their bodies as they heal and what to look for and what to be careful about not doing and the importance of rest and that might be the first time that they're hearing that from you especially if they've had people in their lives personally who 
have told them otherwise. You know, like, when are you going to get, if the, if the emphasis has always been, when are you going to get back to work? Um, when, you know, when are you going to start exercising again and, and getting healthy and you know, getting your body back, getting your figure back? We tend to go right from having a baby to wanting to look like we never had a baby and honoring the postpartum body, right? I mean, that's, I, I can imagine that's probably um, something you do as well in, in terms of uh, the encouragement and the nurturing that you bring to nurture that body that just did this amazing, powerful work of birthing a human being. That That's huge. And, you know, sit, sit with it and enjoy it and, and love, love on your, hug yourself and feed yourself well and rest. Like you said, rest is, is so incredibly important. And, and yeah, I can imagine you're making such an incredible, incredible difference out there. Is, is there, for anyone who doesn't, they're, they're not able to have you come to their home because they're in New York or <laughs> another part of the country. What is one thing or, or however many things um, that you, you would like to share that you recommend in preparation for a sacred birthing and postpartum experience? What are some important tips or, or encouraging things that pregnant people who are planning to birth and then, of course, wondering what they need postpartum? Um, what, what are some things that you can suggest for them if they're not able to, to uh, have your in-person services? So I recommend taking, um, I, I think prenatal education is huge and taking, I, I do do my postpartum preparation course online, but just finding someone that teaches a postpartum preparation course. So prenatal education, um, um, preparing for postpartum, but also for preparing for lactation and the breastfeeding, infant feeding process. Um, you spend so much time nurturing and feeding and learning to feed your baby that if you have an idea of, of what to expect and you've been around people feeding babies, right? I, um, I encourage you if you are listening and you're pregnant, find a La Leche League, find a breastfeeding support circle, even online um, where you can join and be around other mothers and other people that are in the early postpartum feeding babies and asking questions. So just being around that early postpartum energy um, and then also practice resting, right? Resting is not valued in our culture. So it is very hard. And this is something that I witness even for people who have the financial resources to hire postpartum doulas for weeks. Resting is the hardest part. And it's because we don't practice this before we have babies. So practice resting during your pregnancy, even putting a timer on your phone for 20 minutes, 10 minutes and laying down and putting your phone down and just resting your body will be really helpful. Um, have conversations with your partner or the people taking care of you on expectations for the early weeks and months postpartum, right? Because relationships change as you add humans into your household. <laughs> Um, and this is something, a conversation that we have in, in our, in the postpartum preparation courses, you know, what are your expectations for each other in those early months and having those before you're in it, before you're in the thick of it can really make a difference. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Setting yourself up for success by having that, that plan to take care of all of you, not just you know, that, that part of you that you just birthed out in, into the world. Yeah. One other conversation that I love to have with people that are pregnant is asking for help from your community. So instead of things, right, we don't need expensive cribs and expensive strollers and a lot of baby clothes, right? Those things are easy to get 
used and passed on from friends and family, right? But but what babies need are resourced, rested, nourished parents. (laughs) And so instead of asking for gifts at a baby shower, one way you can get creative is start a postpartum support fund instead and ask for funds for lactation support, postpartum doulas, meals, like start a meal train and have people drop off nourishing meals to your door. Um, Maybe get together with a group of, of women in your life and cook a bunch of nourishing food to put in your freezer. So there's ways that we can get creative, even if we don't have the financial resources to hire help. I would love it if you would share a little bit about um, the classes that you offer online um, and, and for our California listeners, because we do have listeners from all over the world, for, for our local people who are nearby you who can attend, um, what are some in-person offerings? Yeah, so I offer breastfeeding classes, um, postpartum preparation courses, and I do in-home lactation and postpartum wellness care in home. But I also offer virtually, I offer pregnancy guidance. So people who are, have, are, have an OB or a midwife, but they want more, they want knowledge and education on what else can I be doing to nourish myself during pregnancy? What else can I do to, to prepare for postpartum? So it's a membership and we, we meet once a week and, and it pregnancy changes every week. So we think as, as things come up, we work through them. And so no matter where you live, I can connect you to resources in your community that you can plug into throughout pregnancy. So then the postpartum experience will be a softer landing. Um, I also offer this guidance for postpartum too. So as I can virtually um, guide them with lactation support and any kind of postpartum challenges that are coming up. Um, and then the um, postpartum preparation course is online and also the nurses course. So the community postpartum provider course is online. So there's, it's amazing what that we've been able to do is with lactation support online. A lot of people are like, I don't know. I'd rather have someone in person, which of course, we would all rather be together in person, but virtual lactation guidance does wonders, wonders, because a lot of what lactation support is, is education. Um, and I love being able to guide mothers and parents on how to hold and feed their baby rather than me doing it for them. So, Which um, is the tempting thing to do when you're in, visiting in person, to just kind of get your hands in there and start positioning instead of having them do it and you're walking them through it you're saying yes so it's actually i have found that the the virtual lactation support is wonderful and super helpful we could go on and on i i feel like i could i can easily talk to you for another three hours just about postpartum care (laughs) getting started on so many other topics concerning um, hospital birth and and so on. I I thank you so much for being here. I want to mention to our listeners that uh, Krista can be reached uh, through her website, uh, again, www.earthmilkmoon.com. And she's got a really lovely Instagram, at earthmilkmoon. So if you go to those two resources, you will find more information for classes and a deeper dive into the the sacredness of of postpartum care. Um, You'll truly enjoy. It'll be a really lovely experience for you. Krista, before we say goodbye, I like to end my episodes with asking uh, my guests a random question. I promise it will not be incredibly complicated. Um, At least I hope it won't be. Okay, random question. If you could do or be anything else other than what you're doing now, I, I, we need you so terribly in this work, so I, I can't imagine what that would be. But 
is there something that you've always wanted to do or or to be that you um, haven't been able to because of this magnificent work that you're doing? Mm, I love that question. I so one of my passions is um, herbalism and and gardening. And so if I wasn't so passionate and and called with all of my being to postpartum work on birth work, I would be in my garden covered in dirt and flowers. <laughs> grounding right that's yes. yeah and it's so peaceful yeah yes Wonderful. thank you Robin I love having these conversations thank you so much for oh. inviting me on thank you thank you for being here and thank you for your your peaceful spirit and for the work that you're doing and the change that you're making. I know it's making a, a big difference and thank you. Thank you, my friend. Mm, it's such an honor. Thank you, Robin. You've been listening to the Lamaz podcast. A big shout out today, as always, to our listeners. The Lamaz podcast is here for you. So please visit our website at www.lamaz.org to learn more about Lamaze, how to connect with a Lamaze childbirth educator, and Lamaze classes. Lamaze offers a plethora of resources related to pregnancy, childbirth, and parenthood. I'm looking forward to you tuning in next time. For today, I've been your host, Robin Gibson-Douthit. Until next time, be well. Mm -hmm.